0: welcome to sex drugs and spirituality with sydney delorean that's me and we have all-star sad baby back on the show how's it going pretty good how are you oh i'm doing real good um i'm wearing a robe i don't work today and to quote uh this lady who used to come into my coffee shop anytime that's my time is a good time i live by that (laughs) seriously um i think more people need to have that attitude like Especially in the service industry when people like walk into a restaurant in a bad mood. I'm like, you're not at work and you have the money to be here. So let's be a little bit happier. Yeah, that's
1: what my uh, professor mentioned something like that. Like from the service um, aspect, you have the ability to change that. And like just by saying like, I can do that for you, that helps a lot. But I can't do that for you because I'm a dick.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, like, you're supposed, like, when you tell people, like, I can do that for you, it, it's supposed to, like, lighten their mood.
1: Yeah, it's supposed to be, like, soothing to the lizard brain, like, to be no know- like, knowing that you're going to be taken care of and that it's going to be all right. That's what they want to hear.
0: That makes sense because they say, like, um, that whole deal with, like, Russian orphans and how they never held and stuff is they don't, when they get older, like, they don't know that their needs can be met without them, like, loudly vocalizing them or using violence. And so, like, in their re-socialization, their parents are taught to, like... Hold them close and teach them like your needs will be met. You don't need to ask for them. Like you can have your needs met. And that's something I try to do to the guests at my restaurant is like sit down. I got this. Like I don't know what bad service you've had before that you feel the need to be like on edge and try to control everything. But like I got your back. So whatever you want (laughs) I'm going to get for you. You don't need to tell me every single time you order a cocktail how to make it because you told me the first time. And I remember and I got you <laughs> like, I don't know. I just I hate people who they'll be like, I'll have a uh, a rum and diet with um with a lime, with a lime. And then every time they order another like rum and diet, they're like with a lime. And you're like, first of all, it comes with a fucking lime. Like anywhere <laughs> you go, you're not a real innovator. I know to put a lime on it without you asking. And so you don't need to tell me 17 times tonight that you need a fucking lime on your drink I got you fuck relax go back to gossiping about Cheryl and accounting or whatever the fuck you're talking to your (laughs) friends about like like if you wanted to be on edge about like making sure your drinks and your food were right you could do that at home the point of going out is just chill the fuck out man oh my god
1: I mean like that was like that for me when I would do catering Like, when I work front of house, my mission objective is to bring you your fucking little salad and your stupid ranch without spilling this all over the table. I'm not, like, a genuine waitress. I'm not here to, like, bring you lemons or limes or extra forks and stuff. My mission is to get out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, get in, get out. What can I do for you to make you stop talking to me?
1: Honestly, because, like, you're not the only person I have to deal with. I have, like... 16 tops at a time like it's busy
0: yeah (laughs) um i totally hear that so what we are doing a show tonight about vaginas and (laughs) vaginal health and vaginal wellness and i'm putting wellness in quotes because uh I've, i've heard it now called the wellness industrial complex and it's what they call kind of all the snake oil and bullshit that they sell to people where the goal is. I mean, going.
1: Gwyneth Paltrow is a great example of that.
0: Yeah, she, I think, is at the heart of the beast that is the wellness industrial complex. And maybe one day um, I'll do a show like specifically about her and how awful she is. Um, I just think you know people can be predatory um, on people who don't have a scientific knowledge base, and because not everyone does, people have different intellectual knowledge bases and so uh, i don't like to use the term like stupid like how dumb are you to believe that but like i i think it's uh, like it's irresponsible of gwyneth paltrow to be um encouraging people to spend a lot of money on the things that she recommends um and so i don't know i figured we'll uh we can get into that but you wanted to first very wisely give people a prime a primer on (laughs) the vagina
1: I'm very hippie granola crunchy when it comes to coochies. I'm just putting that out there, but <laughs> I, I wanted to start by the biological terms of it Okay. for everyone. So um, the lower vagina is attached to the perennial body by attachments from the uh, pubocygnus, pardon me, I'm not a doctor, I'm a chef, <laughs> perennial muscles, and then the sphincter. And so it's made up of smooth muscles and elastic connective tissue fibers and nerve endings, And so above the perennial body, it is the vagina itself and the uterus. So vaginas can be from about four to five inches deep. Some of them are curved. There are such things as wide set and narrow set and low vaginas and high vaginas, but that depends on how your cervix is placed and where you are in your cycle.
0: So a high vagina would be the cervix is sitting higher up. um, So there's more length, I guess, in the vaginal opening. Exactly. Um, Yeah, that's something that I think not a lot of people know. About 10 years ago, God bless the internet, I found this art project, and we'll put art in quotes, that this woman did where she had made a speculum with a camera on it, and she photographed her cervix at every day of her cycle, and then put the day, like where it was at in the cycle next to it. So you could see that as you approach... Like, I think it's when you're ovulating, um, your cervix, it drops and it softens. So it makes it easier for sperm to get up in there to get pregnant. And then it's easier, I guess, for your period to get out, you know, if you aren't pregnant. Because they say, like, when you do an IUD insertion or if you need, like, um, any sort of, like, I don't know. Procedure where they're going to go past the cervix, they always ask to do it, like, the day after your period ends because the cervix is softer and lower then.
1: I mean, I could see that, but I would not trust an IUD for the life of me.
0: Well, I mean, I've i i have had two, and I don't like to um, talk shit on them because I think, like, uh, you know, birth control is very important and things are different for everyone, but... Um, The first one I had, uh, I blacked out on insertion um, because they hit my my vagal nerve, which apparently is so painful, you black out. And then I woke up and I didn't know where I was. And it was very scary. And then I screamed in pain for the next two days. Um, And then I had it for five years and I developed uterine polyps. And so it could have been in response to the irritation of the IUD, whatever, Um, So I had the IUD removed and then later I had the polyps removed because polyps make you spot. So you like basically are bleeding a little bit all the time and it's really annoying. Um, And then I got another IUD and they botched the insertion and that was a three day fucking nightmare. Um, Which I don't know if I've (coughs) talked about on the pod, but that just fucked because they didn't put it in all the way. And so when I went home, half of it was hanging out of my cervix. So then I went back the next day and I said it's not in all the way and they looked and said yeah it is and the strings are just too long and so they trimmed the strings and then I went home and I felt it I go no like the bottom of the IUD is hanging out of my cervix so I had to go back a third day to a different doctor who looked and said everything's fine and I said I need you to finger me basically. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my fucking God. I go, can you just put your hand in there and feel, you can feel the bottom of the IUD coming out of my cervix. And she did, and she felt it. And so she goes, okay, I'm going to push it into place. But mind you, they had already trimmed the strings really short. So when she pushed it into place, they then lost the strings. So I had no way to like, you're supposed to... Retrieve it? Well, yeah, and you're supposed to check your strings every month to make sure it's still in place. And now I had no strings to check because... Yeah. And they didn't have strings to just pull it out with. And so then she's like, well, you need to go get an ultrasound because um, I may have perforated your uterus when I just shoved it in right now. So I had to oh my drive. Fucking God. I had to drive. And of course, while driving to go get an emergency ultrasound, I got like a flat tire uh, and I got the ultrasound and um, everything was, quote unquote, fine. Um, and then I got a $900 bill in the mail for it. So anyways, um, and then that IUD gave me uterine polyps and I had it removed. Also, it made my period so bad. I had to sleep. I shit you not. In order to sleep through a night without bleeding, um, through my clothes and ruining sheets, I had to put two tampons in, like jam them in. And then I had to put, um maternity pads I put one like in the normal area of my underwear and then one along the butt and then I would wear two pairs of underwear to hold everything in place and a pair of sweatpants and then and only then could I get through the night without bleeding through <laughs> um so it was uh, that
1: sounds fucking awful
0: oh, my yeah God. it because uh well copper IUDs can make your flow heavier and they sure that's what I've heard they sure do for me so um <laughs> I know a lot of people who've had positive experiences. Apparently, the Mirena makes your periods lighter. So I don't like to like, you know, I'm not going the Paltrow going out there and giving anyone advice. But Lord knows it wasn't a it wasn't a positive experience for me.
1: I'm just very, um, at least with my friend's experiences, I'm very skeptical. My friend got pregnant while she had her IUD. Oh, really? Yeah. And she's currently at the situation of do I eat the fetus or do I keep the fetus? well like "Uh, that's that's your choice I mean I support you either way don't get me wrong but how's your financial situation looking and stuff
0: and I think that usually um when they remove the IUD it causes a miscarriage so like they would need to remove the IUD to continue the pregnancy but in most cases it it causes a miscarriage so like it's a non-issue and I the reason I know that is my mom had an IUD when she got pregnant with my brother and she got the IUD removed and uh it didn't kill my brother and now he exists um Hmm. which is unfortunate uh but (laughs) but yeah tell us how you really feel (laughs) well yeah I we don't talk um but so your friend still hasn't is the IUD still in it's still in and
1: everything she's maybe about six or seven weeks pregnant. Like, oh. she just took a test, like, the other day. It's 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 pretty crazy. I don't have enough money to, you know, help out with um, an abortion pill or anything, so I'm like, how about you drink a ton of papaya and a ton of pineapple and parsley and wait for the best?
0: Yeah, or, I mean, honestly, if she has an OBGYN or whoever in, installed that IUD, she needs, yeah, to go talk to them because, I mean... Either way, like if especially if she wants to keep the pregnancy, the further along it gets with that IUD in there, that's not gonna go well. Oh yeah, that is not. It's called the things <clears throat> we do. The honestly, like the things that we do in order to be able to take a nut is like insane. Ugh, it is. I don't. I don't fucking enjoy the that. <laughs> yeah, I just think like I, this is why. M- men who feel all persecuted now in the me too era and say like uh like women women are too uppity and they're talking too much it's like no no we've been quiet for way too long about the suffering that we do in order for you to be able to nut in us like we suffer like
1: there's some crazy fucking shit that had to go down to like get us where we are today oh just for you to bust a nut
0: yeah I can't like like men who are like oh condoms don't feel the same and you're like yeah well uh whatever the fucking lube is on those things give me a yeast infection so um but it keeps me from getting pregnant so let's you know let's do looking this. at you fantasy condoms what can't what condoms
1: fantasy condoms what are those
0: <laughs> is that a brand
1: yeah they're um colored. The clinic that I uh, go to because I'm very poor. (laughs) They give out these colored condoms and they smell fucking awful. They look like they come from like a fucking spank bank mag from like the 70s. They're horrible. And they're kind of small. Oh. I mean, I can't complain, though. They do their job, but I have felt like... I've gotten a sourdough starter going after using them.
0: Yeah, sometimes spermicide is um, really, really bad for your vaginal pH. And so spermicidal, also spermicide can um, make latex condoms more likely to rupture, like it weakens the oh, latex. Oh yeah, it break,
1: it, um, I think with a condom it was like 90 to 99% effectiveness if used correctly, but with condoms with spermicide it drops down to 80 to 85% effectiveness.
0: Yeah, so don't do that. I I used... um, I tried the sponge once, which is... It's a sponge that's soaked in spermicide, and you push it up next to your cervix. Um, And uh, I got the worst yeast infection in my entire life after using that sponge. So it was like, oh, how fun. I got to have unprotected sex once, and now my pussy is on fire for 10 fucking days. Um, It was... Like, my skin... I don't want to be too graphic, but my, like... The skin on my inner labia was peeling off. Like... It was disgusting, and I went to the doctor, like, after, like, a couple days of the yeast infection not going away, and I was like, I don't know what's wrong, like, I think I have some sort of terrible crotch rot disease, blah, 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 and so, like, you know, they did all the STD testing and stuff, and they're like, no, you're fine, like, you just have a really bad yeast infection, um, and I was like, well, I used a, a spermicidal sponge, and they're like, yeah, that'll do that. Go, Why the... Fuck! Why the fuck was I allowed to buy that then, Bruh. Yeah, um that's terrible. It's it's terrible. This is the joy of being in a relationship now is I don't have to worry about saying these things and being like, oh, no one will date me. <laughs> exactly. Like
1: yeah, it really changes your uh, perspective when you are you kind of hunkered down and stuff because then you can just kind of let your badge do what it wants, which is really great.
0: Yes. Um, well, yeah, and we all know that. Like, I'm, I am ster. I've been surgically sterilized, and uh, that's that was put an end to all my um, prophylactic follies, let's call them. Um, so, okay, so wait, what were we talking about? So we're explaining the length of the vagina and the cervix. Um,
1: being soft and dropping and whatnot.
0: Okay. And then is there anything else we need to primer people on about how the vagina works?
1: Um, well, for one of uh, the things, uh, it's also influenced by the changing hormone levels, like during pregnancy and menopause. So especially when you're pregnant, the blood flow increases. That's um, directed towards the pelvis, and it can change the color of your vulva and vagina. Wow. So aside from your nipples changing colors, your vulva and vagina will do that as well.
0: My one friend, Darlene, who was on the podcast talking about pregnancy, like she didn't even have a vaginal delivery, but she was like, it does not even look because it just changed the way it looked so much. She's like, I don't know if it's ever going to go back to normal. It has now, but um, immediately following her having a baby, she's just like, yeah, this looks totally different. Because just the hormones change things.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really fucking... I think it's really interesting, though, that um, it can just do that with hormones, especially.
0: Yeah, well, but... hormones are wild. Like, yeah, they, they can change nipple color. They can change, like, we're... Because don't a lot of pregnant women get that trail of belly hair, too? That little happy Oh, trail? yeah, they get a...
1: I call it a treasure trail.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they get that. I'm not
1: sure if my mom had that. She's, I mean, both of my sister and I, we were um, C-sections, but that's a good thing to ask her
0: for later. (laughs) Be like, Mom, what sort of wound, what sort of, like, uh, remaining damage did I do to you? You you got a treasure trail? What's happening?
1: (laughs) I mean, I was a big fucking baby. Were you? Like, I think I was, um... Like 10, 10 or 11 pounds. Are
0: you kidding me?
1: And I was um, almost two feet long.
0: Holy shit. <laughs> I
1: was the biggest fucking baby of November up until that point. Really? I'm not sure if there was a bigger baby after, like the days following, but I was like, I took the cake for the month of November. I was the biggest baby.
0: Yeah. I mean, so Sad Baby <laughs> back. that's a good name for you.
1: Oh, yeah. Just sad, big fucking baby. Big
0: fucking baby. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, that's wild. And I like hearing about her, um, her C-section because they didn't, um, move that thing that they, uh, have above the patient. So she was watching them, like, move her organs around. No way! And she was, she loves, like, that type of stuff. So she was just sitting there observing it. My dad is, like, passed out in a chair because he can't handle it. And she's like, is that my, is that my spleen? And then they finally move it. But, like, oh th- my that's God. pretty fucking cool to me.
0: Yeah, that is wild that is so wild and also like scary like cuz you're just like oh, i hope you guys are doing things right
1: i mean i mean i would hope so too i don't I, have, I don't know if i could handle looking at my own guts like she can
0: yeah i mean i have photographs of my own guts cuz it's they do this weird thing now when you have surgery they give you you get like pictures afterwards like they give they print out pictures to be like this is that, this is that, this is what we removed, and so, like, I have all these pictures from, like, my, the inside of my uterus and, like, the inside of my pelvic cavity, and they're, like, that's where your, this was where your fallopian tube was, and, like, here it is with it gone, because um, I, maybe it's, like, the pics or it didn't happen sort of attitude today
1: (laughs) I I wonder if my uh, boyfriend's mom actually has photos she just went and got her um I think she got a hysterectomy
0: oh you should ask her if she got the
1: pictures I really want to see the photos of it that's super cool she had um like endometriosis scarring she had tons of scar tissue her right um ovary was adhered to like the uterus itself
0: that's what I have happening I hope she feels And it feels was, like, a three-hour
1: surgery. Oh, she was – she's doing good. She's finally off of narcotics, but it doesn't seem like she's in horrible pain, you know? Maybe other than, like, how it would probably feel after you have a baby.
0: Yeah, it's wild how – they say with um, endometriosis surgeries, like, the pain is gone immediately afterwards. Like, they're, like, you just feel so much better. And, like, you're t- – like – In my experience, when I had surgery for it before, like I was really tired for a couple weeks because, like, my body was healing, but I didn't have any pain. And my mom said the same for her hysterectomy. She's like, Yeah, I had no pain. And they warn you, like, you're going to feel too good and you're going to want to, like, do things. And you need to remember, like, you, this is not a time to move your furniture or do anything like that. Like, because, like, yeah, just let your body heal. Yeah. Which is hard when you feel totally okay. I, I mean, fuck, I, I can't relate,
1: honestly. Like, I'm still young. My, I've got a pretty okay cooch, I would say. Like, my cooch hasn't betrayed me just yet. That's good. I mean, here's to still hoping it never does, but.
0: Yeah, let's knock on all of the wood. Um, cause cooch problems, it's like, it's weird because it, it's almost like, okay, uh, when I got my tongue pierced when I was a teenager in some, like, um, Some, like, Mexican gangster's apartment. Um, Like, you never realize how much your tongue comes into play until it's in horrible pain and, like, swollen. And then you're like, oh, my God, all I can think about is my tongue now. Um, And, like, when you have cooch problems... I think everyone can relate, and by that I mean everyone with a cooch can relate to like having a yeast infection, and you are miserable, like so miserable, and it, you don't want to walk, you feel gross, <laughs> you know, but like you can't say anything to people, so you have to like go to school and go to work and like, you know. You just have
1: to fucking live, and like God forbid you have to pee next. Yeah. There's like a, oh my God, there's a a TikTok audio about uh, STDs and yeast infections, and it's fucking funny. Like, it's a little song, and I get it stuck in my head when I'm at work. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to find that. Um, It's like, itching and burning, itching and burning. Stinky, fishy, stinky, fishy. I got (laughs) STDs. They make my coochie itch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my dear God. Um, I love the internet. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wild. Um, maybe we can talk about, since we're t- talking about yeast infections and how terrible they are, we can talk about like bad advice the internet gives you for dealing with yeast infections. Because um, there is a lot of really bad advice out there. Um, have you heard the, the put a clove of garlic up there? I have.
1: And honestly, I, I, I don't even know why you would do that. My grandma has done that and she swears
0: by it. I, I don't know. People think that garlic is like healing or antimicrobial, like because they'll drink garlic tea if they don't feel good. Um, but it, it doesn't cure yeast infections like you. You're just putting a clove of garlic in your vagina. I've also heard um, soak a tampon in rubbing alcohol and put oh it my in there. Oh Fucking God. Oh, I know. Which sounds uh, horrific. And that one doesn't uh, cure yeast infections. Um, yogurt. Uh, also does not cure yeast infections um that's a misnomer because people think like oh you know you have like a fungal overgrowth you need to put good bacteria into your vagina and good bacteria like yogurt contains good bacteria but like it doesn't work that way like it doesn't recolonize your vagina with now the cultures that were in the yogurt um no. And so, yeah, I just I get really mad about all those things that like, t- because honestly, like any alternative to Monistat because Monistat's the worst um, and like no one wants to use it. Uh, I guess I should back up and say like for people who don't know, because we do have male listeners, um, that yeast infections are a, a uh, it's caused by yeast overgrowth in the vagina because uh, you have bacterial and then you have fungal, like your whole your whole body, your skin surfaces, they all have like this symbiotic culture of yeast and bacteria. And then if it gets too much bacteria uh, in the vagina, then it's bacterial vaginosis, and that's that fish smell that people talk about. Um, yeah. And then there's the yeast infections, which is too much uh, fungal growth. And generally, what causes it is a low immune system um you know wearing too tight a clothes so i can't breathe um because it's, it's fucking science right it's like growing cultures in a lab and uh i can you i'm mean? reading
1: some whack shit for uh yeast infection cures right now what like, have you found oh my god it's number one greek yogurt Yep. boric acid
0: Boric acid, um, let me say, is actually one of the best treatments for yeast infections. Um, Because uh, so the way that like monostat works is it's an antifungal. And so it's the same as like an athlete's foot cream or like a jock itch cream. Those are both fungal infections. And so monostat's an antifungal, but um, monostat only fights like three different funguses and oftentimes women with chronic yeast infections it's a different fungus that monostat actually doesn't work on um and so they can and monostat sucks like it burns you have to squirt your vagina full of this medicine it fucking burns it drips out you feel gross um but they have found that boric acid it's the correct So you can also get yeast infections or bacterial infections from your vaginal pH being off. Um, Oh, yeah. And if it's I think it's if it's too acidic, it goes bacterial. And if it's too basic, it goes fungal. Um, But boric acid is actually the correct um, pH that your vagina is supposed to be. And so it treats both bacterial and fungal infections. And um, a lot of medical journals have um, published articles about how it's the only treatment that fights every single yeast infection um, strain which monostat doesn't. And so they used to just use it for women who had HIV or severe diabetes because those are people who have chronic yeast infections that don't go away. And now they use it in the general populace. You can even buy this product called pH at Target. And it's boric acid um, suppositories. And um, that's what I use personally because it doesn't hurt and it works. And then you feel better like within 12 hours Um, and it's magical. You just can't like let anyone go down on you (laughs) because that's very like boric acid is very, very uh, dangerous if ingested. But it's like super safe to put in your vagina. Um,
1: The more, you know,
0: I know. Well, and it's one of those things that like, you know, it's we're we're like hush hush and like secretive and not supposed to talk about these things cuz they're gross and embarrassing and like oh my god i put boric acid in my vagina like that's gross and weird right but like <laughs> you know medical science is behind it um and it's super safe uh, so i i cannot recommend that enough it's also so much cheaper than Monostat. Like that shit is like twenty two dollars. Um, what the fuck? And you can make your own boric acid suppository capsules for like seriously a penny a piece, um, or you can buy the pre-made ones at Target. I think it's like seventeen bucks for a big bottle of them. So um, mm, that's
1: not bad whatsoever. I'm gonna keep that in my back pocket because. I feel like in the winter, that's when, like, yeast infections are at an all-time high because we're wearing, like, very tight-fitting clothing. We're trying to keep warm. The first thing we all want to fucking do after we get out of the shower is bundle up.
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, aside from,
1: like, spring and summer also being good times, I feel like fall is the most chill. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I live, um, so I live in Colorado. I get all four seasons every fucking day. Our state is, like, uh horrible game of Russian roulette with the seasons but from what I've noticed and what like the women here have noticed it's like yeast infections get horrible in the winter and in the summer
0: yeah because in the summer you're sweating and like oh oh, yeah it's it's dangerous stuff um I yeah I I see girls sometimes too (laughs) they're just wearing their pants too tight and I worry about them like are you gonna get
1: a yeasty, my friend.
0: Yeah, like I like wearing tight clothes, but like you you when that knot that center seam of your denim is up your fucking cooch, because when, when you can see like full camel toe, right? And it's You being, know it's gonna stink. Well yeah, I just am like that can't be comfortable either. I don't I w I, I I have very um I worry about people is all. Um
1: <laughs> Like I don't I don't blame you. There are so many things I see people doing in regards to their vagina that I I like shiver and I feel like there's like bugs under my skin, you know, like I'm so disgusted and freaked out by it.
0: Ooh, like what what are things that you you've noticed with people?
1: I'm very, very against douching for once. Like there's no real reason for you to need to douche. A lot of my friends are like, oh, my God, you should try this one from Vagisil. It smells like Jolly Ranchers. Ew.
0: I'm
1: like, okay, first off, I don't want, um, like, a sweet, sweet puss, okay? I don't want that. I don't want to pull down my britches and be greeted by, like, fucking fresh-baked cookies, all right? Yeah. I mean, that's not my cup of tea.
0: No, just have it but smell like a clean vagina. they cause vagina.
1: such bad yeast infections, too, like... If you, a lot of these girls, too, they're active, they drink a lot of water, their diet's right,
0: uh-huh. so
1: their vagina should be right. But they're out here douching and stuff because they want Chad to go down on them and stuff, so they, like, smell really nice, and then they get horrible yeast infections.
0: Um, yeah, it's number one, don't put anything sweet or sweet-smelling or tasting on your vagina because sugars will give you a yeast infection, and even artificial sweeteners are really bad for your oh, vaginal yeah. pH. And, like... the. No one needs to douche, and doctors have been saying it for years. Sometimes naturopaths will recommend an apple cider vinegar douche for chronic yeast infections, but it's actually – it's like not – It's natural. Yeah, but it's like – it's not helpful because you have this natural balance of – microorganisms in your vagina so anything you're doing that's flushing them out or killing them is leading for an opportunity for like the wrong ones to come back and it's the same thing with skin like your skin has like A balance of microorganisms and I for years lived with this guy who would be like you need to stop washing your face that's why your skin's bad like I used to have bad skin and then I quit washing my face and it cleared up and I thought it was insane right like that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard stop (laughs) washing your face and your skin clears up and he's like yeah all those harsh things you're using to get rid of your acne they're wiping off your natural fucking biology on your face And so I finally quit washing my face and lo and behold, I have great skin. The only time my skin breaks out is if I start washing it. So like I usually just rub coconut oil on my face and then wipe it off with a towel. Like that's it. I'm not, I don't use like soaps or anything because it disturbs the natural balance that you're supposed to have. So I assume the same is for your vagina. Like you don't need to be rinsing it out. It has things under control.
1: Oh, yeah, and it's super, super sensitive down there, too. Like, the skin is very thin inside.
0: Yeah, I can't... At least from my experience. (laughs) I can't speak
1: for all pussy thickness, but...
0: Yeah, also, like, the idea of going, oh, I need to douche so some dude will go down on me, or, like, some man will be comfortable with my vagina. Like, number one, a healthy vagina doesn't really have a smell. Like, the smell of a healthy vagina is, like, the smell of, like, skin. Like it just smells like a body. You know what I mean? And And this is where it
1: gets interesting too about the um, vaginal odor.
0: Oh, let's get into it.
1: So any smell that you have down there is a combination of what you metabolize and what your vaginal bacteria is metabolizing as well.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. So
1: it's like if you eat a lot of um, garlic and onions, you can find that your cooch will start to smell like garlic and onions. Which I think, in my opinion, is far worse than smelling like a pack of, like, tuna, but... <laughs> yeah, I guess
0: that's just, like, <laughs> a personal thing. A personal it's it's
1: definitely a personal thing. I, um, I love onions and garlic. Like, that's my two favorite alliums, for sure. Sorry, shallots, but, like, I have, like, found times where I smell like a fucking onion. And I'm like, this smells like a sixth grade boy. Like, put on his fucking deodorant and let's go.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I once, uh, in another lifetime, I was a licensed massage therapist. And I went to a job interview. And I like wasn't thinking, like, oh, I shouldn't eat garlic this week because I have a job interview. So cut to, like, when you're a massage therapist, a job interview is you basically give the spa owner an hour-long massage. Um and you're in this room and it's warm and I'm moving and I'm giving the massage and the whole room just starts to smell like garlic because it's coming out of my pores and I was mortified I wanted to end the massage and just be like listen you smell it I smell it I know I'm not getting this job Um, but I didn't I finished and uh, I I did not get that job Um, and so I was like maybe um, I don't know plan your life better. Uh, but I mean I I'd like stinky food, so it's just kind of <laughs> I how, do too. It it tastes better. Yeah, so it's just kinda how <laughs> things go. Um, I spent the entire weekend eating Ethiopian food and um yeah, it's rough. Uh it's just a rough time for everyone around me. Um, so so, yeah. And oh, and the thing about the, the fish smell. So I read in um, Mary Roach's book, Stiff, which is about the different ways bodies are disposed of um, in different like cultures around the world or whatever, that um, the reason um, that uh, bacterial vaginosis smells like fish is it's the same bacteria that grows on dead fish is the same bacteria involved in bacterial vaginosis. So that's why it smells the same, which is, oh my god, which is horrific. Um, and, uh,
1: <laughs> pussy decay for sure. Oh my God.
0: Yeah. Right. I had a roommate I mean, who used to get, uh, BV, that's the nickname a lot. And it was, it was really rough. Like, cause if she was, as she, you know, had it, um, going to the restroom after her was, challenging um bless her heart (laughs) poor thing I know it's just like it's just like awful and she like you know whatever was going on with her body and her ph she was just more prone to that and uh I I felt bad for her um so what are other (laughs) what are other things you've you've caught people talking about doing for their vaginas that you're like oh I don't know about that
1: Um, some of my, I I use the term friends very loosely. It's more like acquaintance that I don't particularly want to hit with my Honda, but, um, she would swear by putting Manuka honey in her vagina.
0: Are you kidding me?
1: That it would like reset her pH. It would make her like taste good naturally. That it was like a good, like sexual
0: stimulant.
1: I'm like, okay. okay.
0: So Manuka honey, what is that?
1: It is, um, I believe it has um, more bee venom in it. Let me uh, look it up real quick. I know Courtney uh, Kardashian swears heavily by Manuka honey. It's more like medicated, I believe.
0: I just feel like honey is a big no-no for the vagina because it's high in sugar.
1: Let's see, Manuka honey is made in Australia and New Zealand by bees that pollinate the native Manuka bush. It can treat wound infections and other conditions. I mean, I use, when I make like my own little um, salves and whatever else, because I'm like that, Uh I will use honey in it, like raw local honey. But, um, oh, so hydrogen peroxide gives honey um, an antibiotic quality. Okay. Um, The major antibacterial component in Manuka honey is methylgloxal it's found in other types of honey but in smaller quantities so manuka will have a higher one so there's different types of um antibiotic properties that are going on which can help with like um treating infections and stuff but i don't know exactly the purpose of it have like being in your vagina essentially
0: yeah because
1: that's mostly like a bacterial and fungal sort of situation going on but there's not like any reason that fucking manuka honey should be in your coochie
0: no and if it's antibacterial it's gonna kill the good bacteria down there and make you more susceptible to a yeast infection and like yeah i just don't understand like women being worried about the taste of their vagina like your vagina tastes good like i'm a total stranger but if you're out there wondering oh does my vagina taste good yes your vagina tastes good and like if someone doesn't think it tastes good then you know they don't have to go down on you but like there are plenty of people out there that like love the taste of cunt and will go down on you
1: (laughs) it's a genuine thing like skin flutes don't fucking taste like high and mighty either
0: yeah but like if you if you like want to get someone off and you're like into them like you're gonna want to suck them off like it's just that's how that is and I hate all these like like hoops that women feel the need to jump to to, through to make men like more comfortable like i need to take the onus on me for contraception and i need to do all these things that are dangerous to my body so that a man will want to fuck me right like i need to go to bed without dinner so i fit in my jeans and i need to put fucking honey in my pussy so it tastes good to a dude if that dude thinks your vagina's gross that dude's an idiot you know what i mean like i just like, I, yeah women do so many things to make men like us instead of just realizing like if that dude isn't into you fuck that dude there's enough dudes out there and there's enough men who like like worship the vagina so it's not i don't know that stuff really bothers me i get real like angry about that one like allegedly straight dudes are like, oh, pussy's gross. I hate... I'm like...
1: Your fucking balls are gross, dude. Fucking wash those shits. Yeah,
0: like, because then it just basically (sighs) makes it so, like, they're not into women. They are into the idea of women, like, the pornographic idea of women as, like, a fuck hole basically like an object to be consumed and penetrated instead of like a human being with a body that has like sense and tastes and smells and if you are really sexually attracted to real humans that is part of it is like smelling them tasting them feeling them you know what I mean like it's a very
1: sensual experience like you're meant to like like taste those things and smell those things like it's a very intimate connection that's going on
0: yeah and in my like it's not meant
1: to be artificial by any means
0: yeah and in my opinion that heightens the experience right um instead of takes away from it and so yeah i just hate like men who have grown up with pornography and their idea of sex is like super
1: warped and super toxic
0: yeah like because they have no idea about like arousal like they just think like I kissed this girl and I grabbed her right tit I'm gonna fuck her now and they have no idea like the idea like this is a person whose like sexual response mechanism works differently than yours and like women have it takes us longer to become aroused and we have to feel safe and connected to the person and the reason is because biologically we have the chance of becoming pregnant and then needing like on a primal animal level they say like seven years to gear a human being to survive into adulthood so it won't die which is why like the bonding hormones between paired couples last seven years and there's that like proverbial seven-year itch so like for women there's so much more at stake for us sexually than men that we have evolved to have a slower sexual response and like I just like men watch porn and they're like these chicks just want it like and you're like that's not fucking real
1: I'm just gonna say when I was in a lesbian relationship the whole like freak out about vaginas and sex was not like it wasn't existing basically Mm -hmm. it was non-existent it was just good old scissor sister time (laughs) scissoring is a total lie by the way I'm just putting that out there Yeah, fuck scissoring
0: Um, yeah, I don't, I, no one does it, um, but it's a really fun, uh, motion to make with your hands when you're talking about lesbians. Oh yeah. (laughs) That's, um, that's, that's a surefire
1: where to give yourself carpet burn. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I think, um, that, that is the beauty between like a, a same sex relationship is like you understand each other, like you understand and respect each other and like you understand each other's arousal, uh versus in heterosexual relationships there can be like just mismatches where like the dude's ready to go the chick's like hey i need some foreplay like or like the chick'll be like i you know it's just cuz it's we're coming at it from different we're wired differently um and so and everyone also within their genders is different like you know um i don't know like recently i've been thinking a lot about how like my cuz like I I need a lot of foreplay and I need to feel very safe and blah 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 but like I am also a victim of a sexual assault. And so for me to act like those two things aren't related would be silly, right? Um and so like maybe other women do require like less foreplay than I have, but like they probably, you know, if they haven't been sexually assaulted and they don't have the thing that I have where like, you know, a male body comes near mine and I like lock up and I tense up like, "Oh, danger um so yeah it's just people are different I remember putting
1: it one time uh for my boyfriend I'm like each woman is like a box of Kraft mac and cheese they all boil at different temperatures and different times my dude
0: that is a really good way of putting it um I, I mean think- I'd like to
1: say I'm the Kraft mac with like the Star Wars shells
0: but <laughs> I'm like at Annie's, a box of Annie's uh, quinoa mac and cheese, I think, if anything. Um, they make quinoa mac? I think so. I think Annie's. Oh, my God. It. I could be wrong. I love quinoa. Um, yeah, quinoa's the shit. Um, so, okay, back, <laughs> to, back to vaginas. We got people out there putting honey in theirs. We don't like that. Um, do you know anyone who bought into that jade egg yoni stone bullshit?
1: Um, not personally. I remember,
0: uh, I was reading this book by
1: Chuck Palahniuk, um, it was about a porn star who was, like, going to fuck, like, a thousand men as, like, the final hurrah, and it was noted in that book that, um, she would go jogging with, like, three to four yoni stones inside of her to retain, like, elasticity and stuff, and as she was running, they would fall out and hit the pavement. Like,
0: (laughs) was that a true story?
1: it's fictional because i'm i'm really glad it's fictional um spoiler alert, the last guy to fuck her is her own son ooh. and they didn't know
0: ooh i don't like that um yeah i watched this documentary probably 15 <laughs> years ago about this porn star who was trying to set a world record for the world's like biggest gangbang and so like i think she was trying to do like 900 dudes and um like And there were some famous porn guys in the mix, like Ron Jeremy and stuff. And it's just Ew. like a bunch of dudes lined up, like, fluffing themselves and taking turns on her. Um, but then she had to take breaks because it rubbed her raw. Like, it's not – it was not good. It was a really – but she, like, in her mind, this was her way of securing her legacy, um, which I don't know if it worked. Because I think it could
1: have been, like, based off of that because – she was like in her she's not in her prime anymore she's like starting to age and stuff you know she's not looking exactly camera quality so Um, like she was like securing her like her legacy essentially by fucking like a
0: ton of fucking dudes i'm gonna look this up right now i think her name was like annabelle chung or something um i just know it was so long ago that i had it was when netflix came in the mail Um, oh my god yeah, Annabelle Chong. Can you believe that that's still in my brain? 1999, world's biggest gangbang is the pornographic film staged blah, blah, blah um, documentary about it called Sex, the Annabelle Chong Story. So everyone watch that if you want to feel a little bit sad. Um, and I
1: also recommend reading that uh, Chuck Palahniuk novel, Snuff. That is also a really good novel.
0: Oh, that's the book it's from?
1: Yeah, okay. Snuff.
0: Okay, look at us. We're starting a book club. Palinuk um,
1: has really good books in general. I'd like to uh, thank Mallory for getting me on the Palinuk train because I'm very picky with my authors, and he seems to, you know, really get that down for me.
0: Well, Mallory's kind of the shit. I don't know if she thinks that way about herself, but we know that I love she's, Mal. <laughs> yeah, she's the best. Um, I was thinking about that today, just how... Um, I hate, I hate when people my age or even older, like, talk shit about young people. Like, oh, well, they all do this or they all do that. Like, I'm like, so what you're insinuating is, like, the generation that has it all figured out just happens to be the generation that you were born into. And anything before or after is bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, it's such a shitty attitude. Because I'm like, how many young people do you know, like before you're like talking trash because like I I know you and I know Ben I know Mallory like I talk to people who are significantly younger than me all the time and I am constantly impressed with how intelligent and creative um they are and I I I like young people a lot because they haven't had the will to live beaten out of them yet so there's still (laughs) like a hopeful energy there's some hope left yeah and so I just hate like I I also like when people my age will be talking shit about millennials and I'm like, no, we are millennials first of all. Um, and like you, what you're, you're talking shit about what like our age range. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking shit about like what you mean to say is people like the generation after us. Um, but like also maybe you should talk to some people from that generation before you immediately dismiss them. Um, I
1: don't know. People yeah, because not know. all of us are assholes. I mean, I can't vouch for the entirety of Gen Z, but like, we don't all suck. I'm just putting that out there.
0: I mean, I think I I think Gen Z is a very hopeful um, generation, and, and I say this because like, so your generation doesn't know a world where like doesn't know a U.S. that hasn't been at war. Like in your, like, we were
1: basically all born into like the war on terror.
0: Yeah, you were born into a war, you were born into a recession, like, you were born into, like, a a really negative world um, that's full of struggle, and I think that it has made your generation more empathetic to each other, because, like, no one has been immune from, like... Either like, you know, knowing family members who were who died in the war or were crippled in the war or like hurt by the economy. Like, I mean, how many people's parents have they lost their homes, they lost their jobs? Like and so I think it's created an immense level of empathy and then the ability to talk to each other through digital means and like share share stories and connect to people and like you know, not feel isolated in the hurt. I think it's created a generation of people who have really big hearts. Um, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but I mean, that's my feeling. I, I,
1: I could, I definitely agree with that, but I also, um, I think this generation too is also the most sexually aware for sure. Oh yeah. Like we're finally coming to terms with like porn isn't real and that, um, females do need needs as well. Like, Men will like share their tricks on like how to properly eat out a chick. Like over like a cup of fucking coffee at least. Which like, is that's how casual it's starting to become, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Like this there's a saying that says don't DJ the VJ, which I highly agree with. Like please don't scratch my cooch, like it's a record.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I fucking I love that. Um because yeah, I just think like the idea of being, like, a considerate lover and, like, taking, getting pleasure and bringing your partner pleasure is really important. Um, and, like, I, I like that that message is out there more. I you know? mean, while that
1: message is out there, sexting is also a really big problem, though.
0: Do you think that sexting is a problem?
1: Um, on, like a like, a United States level for our generation... I'd say it's definitely gone down from, like, pre-2010 for sure, but, um...
0: Do you think that, like, young girls are, they feel obligated to engage in it? Like, this is how things are now?
1: I would say if we were to go back five years with that, absolutely, but girls that are younger than me, they're, like, saying no and stuff because nude leaks are, like, really, really, really prominent for, like, everyone now. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a fucking video of Logan Paul, like, giving like, giving a blowjob that's going around. Like, everyone is becoming aware that leaks are happening. So they're deciding to be more, um, they stand up for themselves more. They start to vouch for their self-worth more on that.
0: Yeah, it's weird. I Because I know, like, there are some guys who, like, it'll just be like, send me pics like that's like and and chicks do it you know and so they feel like men feel almost entitled to these things um and like i don't like i i'm pro sexting and that i think it's super super fun um but uh but there are consequences to it oh yeah for sure so for me i'm like oh it's really fun and like you're not gonna get an std <laughs> Um,
1: I mean, that's the only good part in my eyes.
0: Yeah, but then you it's exciting.
1: It's fun. It's amazing. But there's a lot of consequences that come with it. I mean, at least we're not getting chlamydia. I'll give it that.
0: Yeah. Hey, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, hmm, I don't know. Yeah, I've never thought about like that I just I have problems when people feel like entitled so instead of just being like hey do you want to go on a date and get to know each other they're like send me pics like that's definitely not cool um and yeah I can't I can't imagine how awful it would be if like your friends saw these intimate pictures of each other uh or of you you know um so I don't know. I mean, everyone who listens to the pod knows that I was like sexting with someone uh, who it turned out had a girlfriend. And so like she went through his phone and like saw everything. And uh, it was really humiliating. And I felt really awful about that. And so that was the last time I ever sexted. Because, um, <clears throat> yeah, I just am like, you know, now I, I thought I was doing something for someone else's eyes only. And, and now it's out there. And I'm, I'm an idiot. Um. yeah that's
1: the that's that's the fucking hard part especially like I'm Snapchat's really great for that stuff now but you always have the risk of screenshots or somebody else doing it but yeah, it gives you that slight comfort knowing that um, if they do decide to screenshot it you get that notification
0: oh yeah I think they do that on like Instagram like um, DM messages too
1: I think they do I don't really use Instagram all that much
0: Yeah, I think because I've had people send me or I've sent people pictures and then I've gotten a message that's like, so-and-so screenshotted this. I'm like, okay. Um, But it's, you know, it wasn't nudes, so I didn't care. Um, It was probably just pictures of my dog. Um, (laughs) um, Okay, so jade eggs are bullshit. Um, I really
1: um, don't believe in them whatsoever. I mean, if you want to have like really strong kegels go to the gym
0: well yeah and that's the thing so dr jen gunter who's a gynecologist that i follow on twitter and she just published a book called the vagina bible um she warned about even doing too many kegels because your your pelvic floor is a collection of muscles that's very complex and it supports your pelvic organs and um basically if you do kegels a lot um, you, okay, I found the quote right now. Overenthusiastic Kegel exercises or incorrectly done Kegel exercises are a cause of pelvic pain and pain with sex. In my practice, uh, she wrote, imagine how your bicep muscles and then your shoulders and then your back might feel if you walked out around all day, flexed, holding a barbell. Right. Now imagine your pelvic floor muscles doing this, which is true. Like, cause there are men who they, they do isolated exercises and they just work out the bicep and they do it too much and their arms are almost always stuck in a bend, right They walk like with the arms mm-hmm. kind of bent and swingy because they they don't they didn't develop balanced muscles and so kegels do the same thing. Um, I read that doing squats is actually more uh, beneficial for your pelvic floor muscles than kegels. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a complex balance of muscles. So just doing Kigos, you're building up one, but not the other. And apparently, yeah, you can cause pelvic pain by doing, by being too buff. Um, so yeah, I just, everyone, and I don't know, maybe I can come back after I've done some more reading on pelvic floor exercises. Like I do Pilates, which is really good for like balancing them. Cause like you focus a lot on your pelvic muscles. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So the idea that like, oh, I need to hold this egg in me all day to make my pussy tight. And like people who are doing that shit aren't doing it because they're like, oh, I want to prevent incontinence when I'm older. They're doing it because they're like, I need to have a tight pussy for men. Um, but I don't even think that's how that works. Like your vagina, like there are different sizes of vaginas. And then also it'll feel different levels of tightness depending on arousal. Um, so... You should see
1: these, um, fucking claims to, like, benefits for fucking yoni stones especially.
0: What does it say? It
1: was like, increase libido and awaken your sensuality. Increase natural lubrication at any age. Develop an intimate and loving relationship with your yoni, your entire body, and ultimately yourself. I mean, that one, I can understand. And it goes, increase sensitivity during intercourse. Become much more orgasmic. Some mothers use yoni eggs to assist in after-birth recovery, gain control of the vaginal muscles, and rock your lover's world. Enhance your tantra, qigong, and yoga practice. And it says that some women will use these eggs to report a reduction of PMS symptoms, menstrual cramps, and the duration of the menses
0: um that seems like a lie also having things in the vaginal canal makes menstrual cramps worse it's why they say you know if you're having really bad cramps wear a pad um instead of a tampon and that can help um yeah i don't i don't like any of this um it, it says that the uh let's see the crystals can detox um yeah that's that's insane that's insane do you have friends who use those jade rollers on their face because i know people who spent a lot of money on those and i like, actually
1: have a rose quartz one do you use it i do i don't believe in any of like the crystal bullshit i just like that it's a cold stone i can rub on my face
0: yeah i assume like it's i i read like okay they're actually good for getting if you're you're working the whatever lotion or serum into your pores and it can feel good and be nice for circulation but like the actual stone isn't doing anything um. and then you have to worry about some other stones that will um, become
1: toxic if it's introduced to water No way. like malachite is super poisonous if you get it wet What? there was like a picture of like all malachite bathroom like the tub was done out of it the counters were and everything and everybody was just drooling over it and I mean, I don't blame them. It's a really beautiful green stone. But if it's introduced to water, it starts to um, like become toxic to the body that we can absorb, and it will kill us.
0: That's wild. It seems like that should have been known before someone made a bathtub out of it. <laughs> but here we are. Here we are. Um, okay, what other wild shit is out there for vaginas? Um, exfoliation? um is a thing um there's vajayshals which like I don't I don't know I mean listen I assume like you know you take care of your skin all over your body but like going to a spa to get a vajayshal seems excessive
1: uh I can kind of vouch for um the exfoliation so like um Personally, for me, I will exfoliate the Mons pubis and the like labia majora. But that's only because I, I feel like a noticeable difference. Like it reduces my chances of ingrown hairs. I feel a lot smoother. I don't I like. I look brighter down there, to say at the least, you know.
0: Yeah, th- I mean that's fair enough. I remember once I got a, uh, I got a wax and then you know, I had two weeks of everything was smooth and beautiful. And then the regrowth was horrific, like just red and bumpy and like just all ingrown hairs. And then um, when I was reading about like, what the fuck is happening? Uh, this forum said, you're supposed to, when you get a wax, you're supposed to exfoliate your vagina every day. Because otherwise, it, it reduces the chances
1: of ingrown hairs.
0: Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, I fucked up. Um, but also, like, I had never heard of that. Um, okay. As I'm reading this, this sounds less crazy because when I heard vaginal exfoliation, I thought they were talking about the vagina because I was thinking medically and not that we're talking about labial exfoliation. Oh my god. <laughs> Cuz I was like, why is anyone why is anyone uh exfoliating the inside of their vagina? That's what I thought. I so- mean, if you use a yoni
1: stone, you can totally exfoliate the inside. Cuz they're finding that um it can start like causing um scratches on the vaginal wall.
0: Yeah. It's just dangerous. Um okay, this form says how to take care of your pubic hair. <laughs> um (laughs) the vulva is prone to lumps bumps and changes um uh oh this doctor says vegetables are not the way to go about it um and i think they're just saying that like most um uh most um estheticians may not be knowledgeable of vulvar skin and hormones um so most estheticians who perform vegetables are not trained in vulvar skin and how it shifts with hormones Vulvar skin is much thinner and more sensitive than skin on our face. For example, vulvar skin thins out as we approach, experience, and conclude menopause. If an esthetician is doing rigorous vulva exfoliation, they can harm they can cause harm to a menopausal woman's skin, even causing abrasions. Um Ooh. And so, yeah, that makes sense because as your female hormones wane with age, your skin thins and your muscles weaken, and um, it's terrible, which is why everyone, because, like, you know, my doctor wants me to get a hysterectomy and just leave behind one ovary, and I don't want to because there's like a 50% chance that that ovary will die and I would be in menopause um and people are like what's so wrong with that like no more periods i'm like but it's like it's so much more your skin changes your hair changes like like it's a lot of hormonal changes that can happen to your body in general like you could become
1: more oily or super super dry too
0: yeah like it's just it's uh it's a lot and like yeah you're um you're get more likely to get vaginal prolapse because like just the softening of muscle tissues and that fucking vaginal tube can kind of fold out which is not something that I want um, I mean it, I think it happens to the best of us if we live long enough. Um, my stepdad was a geriatric RN and he said there's a lot of his job that was shoving vaginas back in. yeah yeah it's horrific it's horrific. can you imagine you're old and some dude who's making 1250 an hour has to shove your vagina back in.
1: I mean, if they can handle pushing up an anus, like an anal cavity back in, I yeah. don't think I would mind pushing in my own chooch. But. Yeah,
0: exactly. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, they're just tough. They never make enough money either. Um, nursing assistants because they just see, Oh yeah. they see the worst of it. Um, okay. So, so uh, vaginal exfoliation, probably, probably not that bad um vaginal steaming is just kind of a waste of money and time um yeah it's a bunch of fucking snake oil on that i know when she when goop published that you should steam your vagina and then she's like and it opens up your womb and blah 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 i was like this is a grown-ass woman who has children who seriously thinks that steam can rise into your uterus and i'm like she has, Plus, it's super harmful,
1: anyways, to have like any sort of fucking thing going up into your vagina that isn't organic or
0: not. Well, yeah, and the idea, like, like humidifiers are hotbeds for bacterial growth. Um, that's Drake was very sick because the humidifier on his tour bus had mold in it. Um, we covered that on the pod like two years ago, um, and so like. If you have a humidifier at home, whoever's listening, open that thing up and look at the filter or if it's filterless, like the mechanism, because it is going to be full of some crazy shit. And do you really want to steam that into your vaginal canal? No. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the fact that like Gwyneth Paltrow thought that it would reach the uterus. I'm like, bitch, like you've swam in the ocean and ocean water doesn't get up into your vagina, let alone your uterus. Like... Our system's got locks man it's like the house what's that movie with Kate um, Hudson uh, it's M night Shyamalan. No 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 it's not Kate Hudson I'm thinking of the movie with Nicole Kidman where it's a house but every every door is a lock and you have to like unlock each one and then like close the one before so no light ever gets in. Um, it's just like that horror movie man it's just locking doors. you can't things don't get get up inside you very easily.
1: Is it um, the others?
0: Yes, it's exactly the vagina is like the house in the others <laughs> <laughs> I mean
1: um, I read a article about how vagina steaming feels. Oh and they this, um, this one girl who had gotten it done she, aside from um, being cleansed and toned and everything and then being prepped to be steamed, she said it just felt like you have to pee. Oh. And knowing me, I probably would piss myself.
0: Yeah. I could I could see that because it's kind of like when if you're sleeping and someone puts your hand in a glass of warm water, it makes you pee. Like if there's just steam hitting that area, it's just like kind of warm. Yeah, I could see just going.
1: But they did recommend that if you don't want to drop about 50 to $60 on a vagina steaming session, you could totally microwave a glass of hot water and a lemon slice and squat over that okay. and it would have the same effects.
0: It's <laughs> just like a hot toddy for your vagina. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. How good. How fun. Um, Something what... to do when I get home. Yeah. Listen, I don't even steam my face. So like the, I'm not, I'm not going to, I wouldn't, even if it was good for you, I wouldn't be doing it cause I'm lazy. Um, all right, is there anything else that you've heard like, because you mentioned this thing called the Ho Bible that's um, ah, uh, the Ho Bible and her ho tips.
1: Um, I don't, okay, I don't really know how it began, but I remember coming across it on Pinterest. And I've tried some of these. like they go past vagina health itself. They go about safe sex, different sexual methods. Um, how to smell good, how to like snatch your waist, how to build an ass, like stuff like that, you know?
0: Oh, okay. It's just
1: general like wellness tips that are like to help you feel your best sexually and mentally and physically. And like it's a pretty positive thing that like it's encouraging other women by sharing little tidbits online and it's all free and it's great.
0: Um. Yeah, I'm actually looking at it right now and like some of them are really good. It's like just cheap makeup alternatives, which I love. Um, if there's no time to wax, shaving with neosporin leaves your skin stubble-free. I don't know about all that. Um,
1: I've also found that um, they say you should shave side to side and shave with a very thick oil like coconut or olive.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I can vouch for the olive one. Like, Um, it's fucking amazing, like, so smooth and so nice.
0: I will have to try that out, because anyone who's ever met me in person knows that I'm just an oily, I'm just coated in coconut oil at all times, Um, so the fact that I've never shaved with it is interesting, but I will definitely test it out and then um, talk about it on a pup date, because, yeah, uh, I'm just, well, Zach says I'm greasy. He's just like, you're all greased up. And I was like, yeah, and ready for action. (laughs) Um, Because, yeah, I just, I am, I cover myself in coconut oil. Um, I found
1: some uh, ho tips on how to make, quote, your pussy taste better. Okay. (laughs) So it's saying fruits like mangoes, grapes, watermelons, pineapples, apples, cranberry juice, bananas. Oranges, and then non-fruits being mint, honey, and
0: yogurt. Okay. I mean, those just sound like good foods anyways that are good for you.
1: But the one thing they fail to mention is that this isn't sort of like you eat it in the morning and pray for it for like later in the evening. Because your body has to go through whatever it was metabolizing in the first place before you consume these things. So even if you have like a super greasy onion pizza and you eat, like, pineapple all fucking day, you're probably still going to smell like onion or garlic.
0: Yeah, you have to – it takes time. It's not like you eat one meal of those and then you're good. Um, but
1: um, pineapple has been kind of debunked. It really doesn't do much. Um, but um, cranberry juice, on the other hand, um, or cranberry supplement pills, those are um, – I swear by those, personally. Oh, really? Really? Oh yeah, I um I'm a big fucking fan of Azo cranberry pills. I those are like uh, ritualistic for me. I mean, aside from helping out with like uterine infections and whatnot, it's still um the flavor is definitely different. I've noticed.
0: Okay, okay. So cranberry pills are are yay. Don't drink cranberry juice that has all that sugar in it. It's so bad for you. And it's
1: typically not enough cranberry that you would get um, from, like, a cranberry pill.
0: Like, it's not concentrated enough to do anything.
1: No, not really. Which is, um, it's a total bummer. I mean, I enjoy drinking cranberry juice, but I also enjoy drinking tomato juice and playing Sudoku, but yeah, I'll let that speak for me on its own level. But cranberry pills are definitely the way to go in regards to, like, the flavor of your flora, per se, you know?
0: Okay, okay. Um... What are other good ho tips?
1: To definitely sleep without underwear on.
0: Um, yes. So Julie Klausner, who I love, um, the writer of Difficult People and one of the best books that every young woman should read called uh, I Don't Care About Your Band, her mother would always say, you know, you sleep in a nightgown with no underpants. Uh, what was the old Jewish mom way she described it? It was just something like, you got to let her air out. And uh, and so I think about that a lot. Um, I wear. I mean, s- I I do swear by it. I wear sweatpants, like loose sweatpants with no underwear. I don't wear a nightgown. Um, so I. I mean, I, I just sleep
1: butt ass naked. Do you? I mean, I can get away with it. I have a workstation bunk bed, so like if my father comes in my room, like. He can't see me. He just sees like mounds of blankets and pillows. But I swear by it. Like it's the most comfortable sleep I've ever gotten. I go to sleep so much easier than I would like in clothes. Um. And I feel like my ass and my uh, what did I say in southern my ass and my um my vagina they feel a lot better.
0: Okay. But I'm... the only thing
1: that sucks is um I feel if you are uh, I take night showers. Okay. So I get colder easy, so I feel like my um, bed sheets need to be washed more often because they're being introduced to water and
0: stuff. Oh, uh, okay, okay. See, I, I don't shower preference. at night, yeah, and so I feel gross. Like I don't want my gross body touching my clean sheets. Um, yeah, I'm also like I don't know. I maybe I'm not fully comfortable being nude because I don't. Yeah, maybe I have some issues. We don't know. We don't know. Um, But I
1: definitely recommend, I mean, to both um, our female listeners and the male listeners, just try sleeping naked
0: Okay. and just see
1: how you feel about it. I mean, it's my cup of tea. I'm really easygoing about it. I feel I'm very okay with my body like that, but just just give it a shot and have some cranberry pills. All right. And see Um, how you feel.
0: I guess that about (laughs) sums it up then. I would say so. (laughs) um well everybody have a happy hump day and um take care of your vagina and don't please please for auntie sydney please don't call it a yoni because uh the more i see that name in print the more i'm upset
1: or punani i've seen that too
0: yeah i don't like any of that i don't
1: call it your easy bake oven that's a safe alternative
0: there you go um (laughs) all... all right bye guys
1: have a happy hump day. <laughs>